0: Hi, Chiggy Bok, Bok here, and you're listening to a podcast where nostalgia comes alive. It's Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show. Roll it. Welcome to
1: Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show, the podcast where Nostalgia comes alive. Since July of 2021, Jake and his friends have interviewed professionals in the worlds of acting, directing, writing, puppeteering, and many more. Who will they be chatting with in this week's interview? Find out in this Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show episode.
2: Hey, everyone! Welcome to this episode of Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show, where nostalgia comes alive. Happy here with us. Thank you for joining. As always, I'm your host Jake Duffenball. Mateo as always our co-host. Chris Bixby and Matt Bingle. How you guys doing? Doing,
0: good. doing terrific. Hello, everybody. How are you,
2: Jakey? I'm doing great, Matt. Thank you for asking, Chris. That's what do we have for today?
1: Today's guest is a puppeteer and director. He is one of the lead Muppet performers for Sesame Street and The Muppets and has taken on the roles of characters including Big Bird, Count Von Count, Floyd Pepper, Uncle Deadly, and of course, Kermit the Frog. He also puppeteered on some other TV series we'll talk about later on. And here he is, Matt Vogel. Matt, happy to have you here.
3: Hello. How's it going?
1: (laughs) Doing great, Matt. Thank you. How about you? Excellent.
3: Excellent. Excellent.
1: Yes. So for those who don't... For those who don't know you, could you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and what you do?
3: Sure. Well, I am, uh, as you said, Chris, a Muppet performer. I work for both Sesame Street and for the uh, Disney Muppets. Uh, so I, I play characters. I'm a, a Muppet performer uh, of uh, characters, like you said, Big Bird and uh, The Count. And uh, oh, for Sesame Street, I'm also a co-producer on that show, and I'm a director on that show. And then for the Disney Muppets, I get to uh Play characters like Kermit the Frog and Floyd Pepper and Uncle Deadly, and do uh, lots of fun and funny things with uh, with a lot of good friends, and uh, get to laugh a lot all day long, which is uh, which is uh, you know not a bad way to make a living,
1: right? Definitely, <laughs> mm, absolutely. So, what was
2: your background like, and how did you grow up?
3: Well, I grew up in the Midwest in Kansas City. Any are any of you guys from the Midwest?
0: No, 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 we're no, East Coast. We're all on the
3: east, yeah. east Coast. Okay, well, that's where I live now. But before then, I lived in Kansas City, which is kind of smack dab in the middle of uh, the country. I uh, grew up a huge fan of Jim Henson and of the Muppets, and uh, I loved Sesame Street. I loved all the characters. I loved. Uh, uh, I just loved trying to figure out how they were doing. What they were doing. I, I, uh, when I watched the Muppet Show, every once in a while, I would see like a, a head or something pop up in the bottom of frame or something, and I, and I didn't quite. I, I, I knew what it was, but I just wanted to know more, and uh, that kind of led me, that inspired me, and led me to build my own puppets which I did at like, I was maybe third or fourth grade. I built my own puppets. They were not very good puppets, but I built them anyway. They were made out of t-shirts and masking tape and cardboard. I didn't, I had no idea how to do it. I just kind of looked at what I saw on TV and just tried to replicate as best this little nine or 10 year old uh, boy could. Uh, I made my own puppets. I started entertaining kids in the neighborhood. I entertained kids uh, at school and at church and wherever people would let me <laughs> come play with my puppets. And uh, then uh, what happened next? So I'm, I, I did uh, puppet stuff all through, like, my grade school growing up and then into uh, middle school. We called it junior high then. And uh, in ninth grade i uh i was in a talent show and uh i i uh i after i performed i won one of the prizes in the talent show and i heard uh a few kids booing and that really affected me it really um you know i put i put the puppets away i put them in the closet i I decided that maybe I shouldn't. I didn't want to be uh, embarrassed or humiliated or, or or booed. I mean, nobody loves that, and so I didn't do that uh, anymore for for a while. For a little while, my parents though they uh, enrolled me in an acting school, like a children's acting school, and I, so I started learning acting and, and met a lot of kids there that were very similar to me, uh, creative types who love to, uh, to 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 make characters, create characters. And, uh, which is, that's, that's kind of what I was doing as a puppeteer, but now uh, I was doing it as me as an actor. Right. And that led me to, uh, go to a college, uh, Webster university, theater for conservatory, uh, conservatory of theater arts. And, uh, I, I, uh, got a BFA in acting and the whole time, I was very interested, still interested and still inspired and still loved The Muppets, still loved Sesame Street, still was really uh, inspired by Jim Henson. When uh, he when he died, I was, uh, it was 1990, and I would have been a freshman in college. And it really, it really hit me hard. I mean, it really was, it was devastating to me. And then later that year to see that the uh, Muppets celebrate Jim Henson, that was, I mean, first of all, it just was, it was beautiful, but it also was just, uh, it was another, you know, it was just, it was just more like sadness because of the, of his loss. And, um, but that didn't really make me think in that moment, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to become a Muppet performer. I, I, I didn't know that you could be a Muppet performer. I didn't know that was like a, like a job or a job that I could have anyway. But what I did do when I was a senior uh, in college is I made a puppet video and I sent it off to the Jim Henson Company in New York. And uh, uh, I, it was a couple of months maybe, but then I got a response back. It was a really nice rejection letter uh, it was very, very kind. It was very nice, and uh, they gave some tips on you know what they thought they saw in the, in the video, which was also very nice. And you know what, that um, should have stopped me right there. You know, I mean, it could have stopped me again. You know, at first the talent show kind of making me feel like maybe this is what I shouldn't do. Now a letter from the the uh, the company of the person that I was so inspiring to me, um, telling me you know maybe maybe this isn't for you but it it didn't stop me because uh even though i was going to move to new york to become an actor i uh my my wife saw an ad in a newspaper and that ad was a picture of kermit the frog and it said do you measure up to be a muppet and they were looking for somebody that was my height my size left-handed which i am um although I'm a right-handed uh, puppeteer. So I answered the ad and, and uh, they got in touch with me and said, yeah, come on in. We'd love to, to meet you. So I go in to meet who I, you know, I wasn't exactly sure who it was, but it turned out to be John Henson, Jim's youngest son. He was looking for a, uh, a double, uh, somebody that could do what he was doing when he was unavailable. He was very busy. And it ended up being this Coca-Cola polar bear, and so uh, I don't know if you've seen that. There's like a puppet version of the Coca-Cola polar bear. Okay, Mm -hmm. I've seen it somewhere.
0: Yeah, I've seen it.
3: Yeah. Uh, So John used to go around, and I mean, he was this. He would go around to wherever the Coca-Cola polar bear was needed. It was like the Olympics and and like really cool places and um then when he was not available i got to go and do these really cool things as well as the coca-cola polar bear it was a, it was a lot of fun it was really great and john was so sweet like the day that i met him the day that i went in for this audition i was the last guy to go and he goes hey you want to go get lunch and i was like yeah yeah absolutely i definitely want to go get lunch <laughs> i mean i did so i you know Went to lunch with John Henson that day, and he probably asked me, you know, to tell my story. And I probably said everything that I've said up to this point um, to you. And um, John was so sweet. He was such a nice guy. And I ended up doing that for a little while. And then, um, and then I made another puppet video that I, I made. And once I moved to New York, I made another puppet video. And this puppet video, I got a letter back. From the person that had sent that rejection letter earlier, only this time she was inviting me to a workshop, a Muppet workshop, and so I uh, I was um, able to go to this Muppet workshop, and there were people there like Kevin Clash was there, of course, and Jim Martin and Stephanie DeBruzzo, and um, uh, there were a lot of other Muppet performers that were there, uh, <laughs> um, you know, that were kind of in my my class, I guess you would say. You know, Stephanie and I are, are the same age, and we were kind of coming into the to the world of Muppets at around the same time. Uh, after that, I think the next thing that I did was I, I um, did the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Oh, and nice! And I got to yeah, it was awesome. And I got to it was it was so cool. You know, it's this big float of the Sesame Street of the the uh, one two three building. And I, I don't even remember if I had met a lot of the performers yet, um, but I was, you know, kind of, I was, I was doing that. And I did, um, I played Bert on the float, <laughs> which was fun. Uh, Martin P. Robinson, R- Robinson was right next to me playing Telly. And the nice. whole way, I love, I love Marty. And I love Telly actually too, but the whole nice. way down the parade route, marty as telly was yelling out this is not Bert. this is not Bert. it's an imposter (laughs) uh you know and he wasn't wrong but uh no but you can't hear you can't hear you know (laughs) you you can't hear from the street you can't hear us you know yelling Uh, at least i i I don't think you can um and i should say also that somewhere in here and i don't really know remember the timeline for it because i have a terrible memory but somewhere in here i was asked to come in and do um, an audition with Carol Spinney for Big Bird. Carol, at this time, was uh, like 65 years old. And which, you know, by any accounts should have had any, like, (laughs) if if you want to do the job, great. If you don't want to do the job anymore, that's great too. It's, you know, your choice. This is Carol Spinney, you know, this is Big Bird and Oscar. Uh, from day one on Sesame street. And, um, for whatever reason, he was looking for somebody, uh, to maybe kind of in the same way that John had somebody there to kind of be there for him when they, he was not available. So it was me and, uh, I think four other fellas. And we were, um, auditioning for big bird in front of big bird, which was very weird. Um, but Carol was so sweet, and he was just just a wonderful, wonderful man. He was he was yeah. just the absolute best. And from the first time I met him, this is the story that I'm sure I've I mean I've told it a hundred times, and maybe you've heard it as well. But the person that had sent me that rejection letter that then sent me the hey let's go to the workshop letter was also the person that introduced me to Carol Spinney. Her name is Renee Rochelle, and she uh, I had never met him before, and we we're there at this audition and. I came up, but she said, come over here. And I went over to her and she said, "Um, Carol, I want you to meet Matt Vogel. Matt Vogel, says, Carol Spinney. And Carol just, his eyes kind of like lit up a little bit. And he goes, your last name is Vogel? That's German. It means bird. This may be the job for you he said with a little laugh. And it was, you know, I mean, I'm about to audition. That's great. Cr- Why would what? you say that to somebody? <laughs> I, but I think it was kind of lucky for me that he uh, did know German and did know that <laughs> my name meant bird in German. But I, I auditioned. And after that, um, there was another, there were several sessions with Carol. He had picked me to kind of be his, um, uh, you know, apprentice. I guess you would say in a way. And I did that for many, many, many years alongside Carol. And anytime he was not available for something, I would step into the bird and do that for him. And that's not the typical way that, um, that, that Muppets work. I mean, it's, it's always one person, one voice, one, one performer. And, um, so this was kind of a little bit unusual and really hasn't, doesn't really work that way. It's, um, but I, I was truly honored to get to spend time with Carol. He was definitely one of my mentors, uh, along with Kevin Clash, who kind of taught me uh, everything I know about how to manipulate puppets and and uh, work uh, puppets on uh, camera. And another mentor I had um, was Jerry Nelson. I was so, so fortunate to get to uh, be his assist, to be his assist as the Count, um, and, and whatever else he did, and, um, and, and it's just before I talk about Jerry, do you have any questions? Am I just talking and not letting you, if you guys have any questions for me along the <laughs> way, just tell me to stop and, and, and shut it. And then, um, you know,
0: <laughs> no, you're good. No, do you have any questions up to here all. or anything? No, it's 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 interesting. My last name is also German. I have no idea ah. what it means, but my last name, Bingo, is also German. Ah. don't don't try Google Translate with it, folks. I, I will say that I tried it once, and it came up as some sort of plant. I don't know, but oh. I I've it's interesting. Like that full circle moment yeah. you had with with Big Bird. It was just yeah, amazing. It's... And and the fact that your last name is Bird, it's like this is meant to be. Like <laughs> that's crazy. Incredible. It's a little crazy. It's it is crazy. very crazy yeah
3: um but uh, i was what i was going to say is that when i first started working on sesame street uh, i was carol's apprentice yeah um but there you, you you know i needed to really get a lot of hours on camera under my belt and the way to do that really is to assist somebody is to right hand for somebody just because it's it's a little It's a little less, there's a little less pressure. Um, Although if you're a new guy coming in and you're going to right hand for somebody, uh, anybody that's, that's, you know, one of the main principal Muppet performers, it's, that's a lot of pressure, but it's not like, you know, voicing a character and having to know how to work on a three camera live switching situation, which is what Sesame street is. It's like, We have three separate cameras. They will take like a wide shot and then they'll click over to like a close-up of one character or click over to another close-up of another character. And so you have to, there's these small little adjustments that the puppets have to make to make them look good in each of the shots if you happen to be in them. So a good way to learn uh, that kind of technique is to be somebody's assist. So I was David Rudman's assistant, uh, his right hand, for a for many years um, as with Baby Bear and with uh, later Cookie Monster, whatever he was doing because Peter, Peter Linds was his right hand before me and Peter Linds went off to do Bear in the Big Blue House and when he went right. off to do Bear in the Big Blue House, I stepped into that role to assist David Rudman and uh, David is a, a remarkable performer. I, I love, not oh, only yeah. I love David, but I love his performances. He's just so, I just, I, I love um, watching his work
1: and outside of that, too, he's created a lot of wonderful shows. Oh, my gosh.
3: Yes. And I've yes. been very fortunate to get to work on some of those shows, which I just think are they're so unique and they are so uh, funny and creative and the puppets are beautiful. And so, oh, yeah, yeah. David's amazing. Um, but I was talking about another mentor, Jerry. I was talking about Jerry. So Jerry Nelson, um, when I met him. He was he was doing pretty well, but as we started to know each other um, and I started to work with him, you know, he was getting older and uh, his health was failing him a little bit. Um, actually, my wife and I got to go up, I think this was in two, mm, like the year 2000, yeah, like the summer of 2000, I think it was, we got to go up to, he had, he had a place up uh, on Cape Cod and he asked... My wife Kelly and I. He said, "Do you guys want to come up and do a show with me?" He's going to do a show at this uh, place near his his house in in Cape Cod, Cape Cod, and he wanted to know if Kelly and I wanted to come up and, you know, he was going to play music with his band, and he also wanted to have a show to help round it out. So he asked me if I would come up there and my wife Kelly if we'd come up and help him do this show, write the show with him, perform in the show with him. And I was. He also asked me if I had any puppets. And I just so happened that I had kind of on the side, kind of kept making a few puppets here and there, just to kind of keep, uh, you know, just to try to keep creative. So we did this show with Jerry up in the Cape, and it was so much fun. We spent, I think, a week up at his place, just mm-hmm. hanging out. And and um, I remember one night, you know, it was we worked on the show that day all day and we're building props or something that night. And maybe we were having maybe a drink or something. And, and, uh, and Jerry said, look, you know, all this stuff with the Muppets and Sesame Street, all that is fantastic. It's great. But always have something that is your own, something that you create that comes from you, that is yours. And that's something that has stuck with me my whole Career or since that moment, and I've tried to, you know, honor that and be true to that and do things that are my own and things that I do create. Um, and you know, I've been so fortunate my whole career to have these great mentors. Um, uh, you know, many of them, some of them are gone now, um, but I still have many others. I mean, I would consider. Uh, Dave Goles, who I know uh, quite well, he, I would consider him a, him a mentor, although he oh, would yeah. probably scoff at that. <laughs> and, and, uh, but, uh, yeah, right. but that's kind yeah. of our dynamic. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, you know, I've been very, very fortunate to have uh, great mentors along the way who have given me great uh, feedback, great notes, great, um, just great examples of performers to watch.
1: Absolutely. And uh, going back to uh, Kevin Clash, I know you also got to work uh, closely with him for a number of years on uh, Elmo's World. What was that like?
3: Well, that was kind of like a new, uh, like an experimental piece of uh, uh, of television. I feel like at the time we had these, there were a couple of different things that I got to do with um, him with, with uh, that on that show. One it was John Tertaglia and me, and we were, like, John was, he, he was, uh, like, if there was a full-body Elmo shot, which there were, were quite often on Elmo's World at this time, um, John would be the hands, and I would be the feet. So, okay. again, it's like, it's assisting, um, and it's assisting in a really, uh, it's a, you know, it's a lot of concentration. It's Elmo. You have to really pay attention to the lead performance of yeah. where the head is and where the hips are so that the feet are kind of always under the puppet. And so we would do that. That was one of the things that we would do. And then there was this other uh, element in Elmo's world that was like, there was a drawer uh, and a TV and the door, I think, even did something and a window that would do something. We're all CG, like very early CG elements. And uh, they weren't, they were uh, puppeteered, but they were puppeteered via, we called them sliders. And they were just like these little sliders that were that you would like move to make them do whatever you needed them to do. So uh, I played a slider. Uh, Jim Martin, I think, was one of the sliders. I think maybe maybe John did some slider stuff. But that was kind of the the beginning in that in uh, on Elmo's world. That was what we did in the first couple seasons or so. Um, I was the feet of Elmo and then was doing these little sliders. and That was a lot of fun. It was, you know, it was just like new it was brand new technology that we were learning how to do and um you know it was it was pretty fun. I don't remember how many I feel like there were like 65 Elmos worlds or something like oh, that yeah. it was like a huge amount a lot, of uh, yeah yeah oh, yes that was fun
2: yeah so aside from your regular characters, do you have any favorite one-off characters you performed um
3: yeah, I do uh well, let's see so on sesame street there's a couple i can think well he's not really a one-off character but because i've done him a few times now but there's a guy named herb the dinosaur which is this uh kind of a a, a long-necked dinosaur it kind of talks like this and he's just you know he's uh, just a just a real bold kind of dinosaur uh maybe doesn't know that he's extinct uh but uh so he's fun uh there was a there was a character. I, uh, what was his name? Hubert, the human cannonball, was a lot of fun. It was just this little, just real super, lot of lot of energy kind of guy that he would he uh, would be shot out of a cannon on Sesame Street. There was another one uh, called David Letter Guy, I think it was, oh. or maybe it was <laughs> Letter Person, David Letter Person, David Letter Guy. One of those two. And the thing about that one was, is that was really a super fun because I, you know. That was before I had any real uh, main characters, I believe. Yes, that was, yeah. So, uh, you know, I was still assisting Jerry and David or whoever needed assistance, and I every once in a while, Kevin, who was doing the casting, would throw, uh, you know, a role to whoever, you know, to like the assists and the. The people that were kind of coming up to give them a chance to kind of stretch their wings, stretch their legs, whatever it is, stretch their arms, and to give them a chance to play some characters. And so, I got to play this guy named David Letter guy, I think. And um, that day, I came in and I had a huge, like, I had a, I have migraines, and um, I had a really bad headache, like, just like probably a lot of, probably a stress induced headache. Yeah, would imagine. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, so what we do is we are seated on the floor on Sesame Street. We're rolling around on these little rollies, right? I don't know if I'm sure people have talked yeah. about that before, but we are seated. We're not standing, which is op- optimal for us to perform, but Sesame Street just doesn't work that way. But I remember between takes, I would just I would just sink down and just stay real still. Just, just, I just could barely do anything, and then they'd go five, four, three, two, and I'd pop up and I'd put the puppet up into the air, and I'd like, you know, you have to, you can't, I had to put all the energy out there into it, and as if I didn't have a migraine, which is really hard. It's not easy to do, but I, but, but I do remember doing that, not for that reason, but just because I remember enjoying playing that character. Nice. Yeah, there've been some. I'm trying to think if there were any Muppet. Type stuff that I've played. But since I've been in the Muppet world, I've mostly, because I kind of came in, the reason that I came in to the Muppet world was because Jerry Nelson had decided he didn't want to travel anymore. And so we had this meeting in a hotel room with Jerry and some of his characters and, uh, I was there and David Rudman was there and Marty Robinson was there and Steve Whitmire was there and Debbie McClellan was there from the Muppets and, and Jerry just sat and talked about his characters. He talked about, you know, what he thought about all of them. He talked about Robin. He talked about Floyd. He talked about Julia strange (laughs) pork. He talked about, um, all those Muppet characters, which was really cool. And, um, not too long after that, let's see. that was around two thousand and seven, maybe so maybe something like that. So like two thousand and eight was when I kind of started with the with not the Sesame Street Muppets, but what I call the Disney Muppets just to kind of keep them separated for people's brains,
1: definitely. So are there any uh celebrity guests you worked with on Sesame Street that kind of stick out as uh some of your favorites?
3: Yes, there are. um there are several. But I'll but I'll try to keep it brief. So I'm a huge fan of the band REM.
1: Oh yes. So yeah. when they were yes. on,
3: I just I was like, I yeah, it was uh, a little bit. I was like, it was an awesome, awesome day because I've always been a fan of REM, and uh, then that day they were on Sesame Street doing this, doing a song, and I got to be um, the Kate Pearson puppets. Uh, Muppets hands. I was her hands and I think it was oh, Stephanie's nice. voice and Kevin was playing the puppet the head yeah, and mm-hmm. I was I was the hands. Yeah. And so that was really fun meeting REM. Uh, I uh, Garth Brooks was a, a, such such a gentleman back at that time you could bring visitors to the set which we were not as it's just a little bit harder to do now we're in a smaller space it's just a lot more crowded just in general. But at that time, uh, I had my mom was visiting and and what uh, I will never forget that um, I will never forget that when I brought my mom over to meet Garth Brooks, he took off his cowboy hat and he sh- sh- shook her hand and said, "It's so nice to meet you, ma'am. He was just could not have been more. And he didn't no, I was not special. My mom was not special in that way. Every single person. Every single mom or whoever was there, he treated the same. He was so kind. He didn't come with a big entourage. It was just Garth. And, you know, he had, I think he, I think he had his mom with him. I'm pretty sure he did. So that was really cool. And many, many years later, just a few years ago, in fact, um, we did something at the, for the Kennedy Center Honors and, and Garth Brooks was there and I, I. Got and I said, you know, I I wanted I I am shy when I go up and even if I've met like a celebrity, I'm I'm pretty shy. I'm a shy person anyway. But I went over to, I said I gotta say something to him, and I told him I said, look, uh, Mr. Brooks, 20 years ago, or however, however long it was, you were so kind and it just made such an impression on me and how i you know how uh, that how kind you were to my mom and he was like oh that's so nice he was just so sweet again just so sweet and kind and wonderful and lovely so it's really nice when you meet um you know people that famous people that are um that are just really lovely wonderful normal regular seeming human beings
1: <laughs> absolutely
3: yeah
2: Yes, wonderful to hear. Um, so uh, I know a lot of Sesame fans are wondering: Is it is it fine if we can hear a bit of Big Bird and the Count?
3: Oh, sure. You just just want me to do the voice, is that what you're saying? Uh so <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, my Big Bird is kind of up here. This is where I hear it because this is where when I watch Sesame Street, this is how I heard him. <laughs> Fair uh, and uh, for me, the count is down here. He's a little bit different, uh, probably uh, a little more uh, close to like a Bela Lugosi kind of uh, count.
1: Awesome, that's great. I can
0: see that. Can see that. And yeah. Now, speaking of speaking of Sesame Street, you're also just yeah. a director on the show. What's it like working behind the camera compared to in front of it as a puppeteer? Well, technically, we're working
3: below the camera, but right, yeah, below <laughs> right right, but right. below below the frame, if you That's will right. Uh but, uh, <laughs> but working behind the camera, you're right. let you so it is um it's a little different,, uh, but I feel like being a muppet performer has given me kind of an advantage because I've had I don't know like like a de- I had a decade of just kind of not only learning the puppet craft and learning how to do puppetry for television, but I also had the privilege of working with some really great directors, really great three-camera storytelling directors on Sesame Street. Um, Lisa Simon and Ted Mays and uh, Emily Squires and, Kevin Clash and Joey Mazzarino and a lot of these directors, well, a couple of them there are are Muppet performers, but a lot of these directors, they just knew how, Ken Diego, oh my gosh, Ken Diego is great. He's still working at Sesame Street. Um, They just know how to tell a story in a really efficient, logical way um, with three cameras. And in a way that you don't, you know, it's not just you're not shooting something just with a single camera. And we're going to shoot all the wides, and then we're going to shoot all the close ups, and then we're going to shoot all the special shots, and then later we'll put it together. That's not how we do it on Sesame Street. We shoot it all together. So you've got these three cameras, like I said earlier, and you cut to these different cameras, and you have to always be ready. But you're telling a story, right? You're not just cutting to a close up because you know looks good. You're cutting to the close up because it's the characters delivering important information, right? Or some other, there might be some other reason, you know, there's an emotion that we're seeing from that character, whatever it might be. And so I got to learn that just by watching before I was even thinking uh, of being a director. I got to watch these other directors and how they worked. And that helped influence then my, uh, my work as a director on Sesame Street. And um, I I love it. I love being able to put together a story. Uh, Sesame Street's great because usually there's, in the storytelling, there's some sort of pattern. So I like to Mm -hmm. use um, a visual pattern to it as well. So if they're going to do something and try try something, try something, try something, fail. And then try something, try something, try something, fail. And try something, try something. And you try something and the succeed, I like to make it almost look the same each time, except maybe on the fail or maybe on the succeed. You know what I mean? I, I try to make the visual story that I'm telling reflect the the word on the paper. That is fun. I love doing it.
1: Absolutely. That's
2: great. Yeah. yeah. So uh, some of the other
3: series you puppeteer
2: on were Bear in the Big Blue House and Petrion Lions. What are those shows like for you to get to work
3: on? Uh, Let's see. Between the Lions, I loved going on that. That was one of those shows where I got to kind of come in and do just little, like, one-off roles. Um, And that was a lot of fun. Um, Let me think of what was that. You said, like, uh, let's see, Between Between the Lions and Bear in the Big Blue House. It didn't do a lot on Bear in the Big Blue House. Um, But it did come in a couple of times and do a couple of things. I feel like there was a Bear. Yeah, Bear's friend, Ursa.
1: Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. right. Uh, yes. I awesome. got to do that. And I think Carmen Ospar plays the, is the voice of the character. Yes. I got to come in yeah, and do yeah, that. Yeah. I love Carmen. Um, yeah, she's yes. awesome. And, of course, Noel McNeil is brilliant. And um, so I got to pick up, you know, learn from him because he was inside a bear and I was inside a bear at the same time. And um, on uh, Between the Lions, uh, getting to work with really good friends, uh, Peter Lins it's uh, super fun, uh, but I got to do, like, one-off characters on those shows. And those are really fun, too. I mean, the great thing about them is that they kind of are... A lot of the people that worked on those shows and helped create those shows are from the same universe, you know, the same Sesame Muppet universe. So they, there's, like, a similar... Definitely, like, a shorthand in, in terms of with the Muppet performers or with the performers of the characters... And so that is a nice uh, advantage coming in. Uh, a lot of times the directors you've worked with the directors before um, and um, so that makes it a nice advantage as well. Or the, or they have just been in that Muppet uh, universe for many, many years. for example, on uh, uh, between the Lions, Chris Surf and Michael Frith, uh, you know,, um, they kind of came from from that world, from Sesame Street and the Muppets, so that that made it for me uh, easier and a joy. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: So you also got to puppeteer on the Noggin series, Ubi, as the character Angus. Right. Now this this puppetry show was very unique because yeah, it featured just just glass eyeballs. What yeah. what was that show kind of like for you? It's another one where I just kind of came in and was a guest. Did did a couple
3: of episodes, I think, as Angus, which is the weirdest looking of the Ubi type characters because his eyes are underneath. I don't know why that was decided. (laughs) I don't. I didn't decide that. I don't think they. Somebody said, "Hey, what if?" You know, they were trying different looks out on characters, and so that's how that's what happened with him. But you know, again, the same kind of thing, uh, Matt. You know, it's it was these uh, people that had worked. you know, on Sesame Street, written for Sesame Street. And of course, you had, you know, uh, Tim Lagasse and Stephanie DeBruzzo and Tyler Bunch and Noel again, and all these people that I just love working with. So it was, um, it was so much fun. I was really uh, happy to come in and play.
1: Definitely. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. I'm kind of curious. What's it like getting to work on Blues Room?
3: Blues Room was uh blues room let me think about blues room i remember i like have little flashes of memories of blues room i remember that sometimes the puppets might have been a little like cumbersome um i don't remember exactly what i did on blues room (laughs) i was uh i know i was there but i don't remember exactly what i did i I, if you do know what i did what did i do on blues room i don't know um Because I feel like there may have been like somebody was playing one character and then they didn't, they weren't back for a season, so then I might have filled in for somebody on a character for something, um, and you know what can I say? Again, it was like working with people that I love working with. The 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 puppeteers on that uh, were all puppeteers that I'd worked with before, uh, like Joey and Leslie Carrara and Tim Lagasse, and you know, really just really awesome. Performers. And I'm look,
1: looking here, it says you performed a character uh ABC puppy on the show. Sure.
3: Sure. I yeah, I
1: it was a long time. <laughs> I haven't seen that show in uh-huh. gosh. Oh yes, so
3: ABC Puppy. I don't
0: remember. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish I did.
3: I don't, yeah, I don't. There are people there are people that have really great memories. Um, Stephanie DeBruzzo is one of them. She's got an oh, amazing yeah. memory. Oh, yeah. Uh and but me, not so much. <laughs> I just I I, I try. <laughs> uh little flashes come to me every once in a while like i i just had a flash of like when you said blues room like where we shot um and we shot it in two different locations um over the over the span of the show and um and i remember um working with uh joe that was on the show at the time the guy the yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 he was awesome
2: that's wonderful uh,
3: so it was a great great experience I do remember. Here's one time. I do remember. uh, This is what I remember about Blues Room. I ate a carrot once and maybe uh, was allergic to it for some reason. And I like I felt like my throat was swelling, swelling up. Oh,
1: boy. Oh, that
3: was not great. That's what I remember about Blues Room. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I don't know. Whatever I ate, I was allergic to, which can you do?
1: So kind of uh, moving on to the Muppets, do you kind of uh, remember your first uh, major project with them?
3: Yes, I do. It was uh called um Studio DC. Is that what oh called? yeah, Studio yeah. DC. Live. Yes. Yes. It wasn't live. <laughs> <laughs> but uh and what they had was they had some uh videos they and I don't remember ex- I think they had like uh well, this would have been the first time that I was going to play Floyd and I think they had already shot some pieces that were going to go in, like some music videos, and they were going to, like I think there was a music video with The Electric Mayhem and Miley Cyrus, and that was going to go in, but I didn't play Floyd in that particular piece. But then they had all this kind of linking material and other sketches that they were going to put into the show, and Floyd was in there, and then I think, in fact, I'm pretty sure that... Dave Goals was out at that time. He was having surgery or something. And so I had to play Gonzo, um, which, you know, it's tough to play somebody else's character, uh, especially when they're still playing that character. <laughs> it's tough when you're playing their character and they're no longer around. That's one thing. But when you're playing that character for them and stepping in for them for the for a minute, you know, while they're having surgery or whatever, that's a whole other difficult ball of wax yeah yeah but that's yeah. what i remember from that show and that was uh i think we had kelly and i had had uh, like a brand new baby with us and uh-huh. um uh-huh. uh, and it was fun and the 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 kids that were in it some of them like selena gomez i believe she was in that and uh demi lovato they were in it and um uh the, everybody was really really sweet and everybody was really nice and we had a good time
0: Wonderful. So moving a little ahead in time, uh, what was it like working on the, uh, the 2011 Muppets movie with Jason Siegel and Amy Adams?
3: They were lovely. It it was wonderful to work with Jason Siegel. Uh, I was um, really excited to work with Amy. Most of the time I got to work with Chris Cooper uh, with uh, uncle deadly and it was kind of yes, the first time I had done, done Uncle Deadly. Uh, and at that time, you know, there wasn't a ton of stuff that Jerry had really done with Uncle Deadly. And and they were kind of like, although not as much as they did with the 2015 series where they really tried to kind of like define who this character was, you know, he was still this... Um, flamboyant or or verbose or overly uh dramatic uh henchman right-hand man to the to the bad guy and the the most fun that i had on that shoot was getting to work with bill beretta as bobo because we would just uh make stuff up <laughs> you know while the camera was pointed at th- these two uh you know, fools. And um usually Bobo would do something that would irritate Uncle Deadly. And I remember that being a really um it wasn't my first film, but it was uh, the first film where I had anything to say, I think. Really, because I had done uh, the Adventures of Elmo and Grouchland, but that was all I I was kind of um when Carol wasn't down there, he was down there some of the time. But when I wasn't when he wasn't down in North Carolina where we shot it, I was Big Bird. Um, and um, so I didn't really. And because you know, he was Oscar everything for was most looped. of it, too. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, but everything was looped. So right. um, but for this, I got to say things as uh, not only as Uncle Deadly, but for um, Sweetums. Uh, had some stuff and um, then there was that 80s robot had stuff to say. And so it was kind of fun to create a character that was, that was not something before, or that was not pre, uh, you know, was not, uh, there was not a stamp on it from some other performer. That was kind of fun to do that for um, 80s robot, (laughs) Uh, but it was great. It was a, it was a really fun experience. I enjoyed working with uh, the whole uh, Muppet crew.
1: (laughs) Definitely.
2: Yeah. yeah. So you also worked on the 2014 movie Muppets Most Wanted, performing the main villain Constantine. What's it like to
3: perform him? I loved that. I loved that uh, experience. We shot that in uh, the UK. We shot it in London, mostly. Uh, and what was fun about that was, again, it was getting to create this character out of nothing. And I really enjoy playing... How should I put this? Idiots, I guess. <laughs> he's kind of an idiot. Constantine thinks he's really—he thinks he's the best at whatever it is he does, but he's not. He's kind of a a fool. And so I like playing. And you know, if I look at the other characters that I play, a lot of Jerry's characters, like, um, well, certainly Lou Zealand, kind of a kind of a goofball. Uh, Crazy Harry is kind of a goofball. A lot of them are kind of a little, like, one-dimensional goofballs um, that the challenge comes in trying to round them out and make them feel three-dimensional, you know? And that's what I feel like I got to do with Constantine. I really enjoyed playing that character. It was um, a lot of fun working with Ricky Gervais. We got along very well We, when we did the press junkets for that. I had the easiest job of all because Ricky, I would, you know, be on the floor with the Puppet and sitting next to Ricky and he would do all the heavy lifting. He would be the, you know, talk about the show, the movie and who's in it and what's it about. And I would just make fun of him or make fun of the interviewer or whatever as Constantine. It was just like, you know, that was just the most fun ever. Definitely.
1: Absolutely. and and, In 2017, you uh, took on the role of Kermit the Frog. Mm -hmm. What what kind of went into the process of uh, getting that character? Like, what was the audition process like?
3: That was an audition process where uh, we we had. um, Let me see, there were four of us and we had it was like, I don't know how long this process was. It was a couple of months. And it wasn't like every day for a couple of months, but it was, you know, a week here, then it would be a couple weeks off, then we'd come back a couple weeks later. And uh, Brian Henson uh, and Kevin Clash ran those, they were kind of like workshops. We called it Frog Camp, is what we called it. And um, I've never been in an experience that was basically an audition experience where everybody who's auditioning is kind of together all the time. We were together all the time, working together, uh, watching each other's work, helping each other out, which is kind of what Muppet performers do, anyways. We are always there for each other. We're always, anybody needs a hand, I'm, you know, we're all there to help out and lend a hand. So that's kind of what that experience was. Um, it was very intense. It was nerve wracking. It was fun. It was, um, you know, it was a, a very. Surreal experience. And, um, you know, in the end, the decision was made to choose me to carry on um, in the role. And uh, I was obviously elated. Um, It was, it's a super exciting thing. You know, like I said back at the beginning, Jim Henson meant so much to me, it was inspired me so much, so heavily my whole life and um to now carry on a character that was such a huge part of who he was is oh, a yeah. huge responsibility um and i try to honor that by keeping the character uh tr- you know true to who 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 Kermit is who his what his heart is and what he what he wants which is of course to make millions of people happy you know
1: absolutely mm-hmm. yep Definitely. Yeah. But
3: you know what I will say this, Jake. I do want to say this, uh, Chris and Matt. You know, any of these characters that that I play, you know, whether it's Big Bird or whether it's Kermit the Frog or whether it's any any in between, like even if it's like uh, Sherlock Hemlock (laughs) that I've played like once, Hmm. like they're like they are um, always evolving. They are always growing. They are always they they have to. They can't just be, you know, um, a, an imitation. They have to be, they have to feel real. They have to feel like a real character. Um, you know, I, we wouldn't have gotten anywhere on the Muppets mayhem. If all of us were because everybody, but, but, uh, but Dave, we're all, we've all taken on somebody else's character. And if we were just doing these stale impressions, we these characters, it just would have fallen flat. And yeah. um, I'm mm-hmm. really proud of the work that all of us did on Muppets Mayhem because those characters, like you, we've seen them a few times kind of go out on their own in like the 2015 series. But specifically in this series, we really were able to like let them grow and let them um, evolve a little bit, which is great. And that's kind of my goal for any of the characters that i play is that they're going to always be evolving a little bit but trying right. to keep true to the heart and the soul of the character and the person that uh, originated it
2: right exactly yeah absolutely so now uh one of the, one of your earliest things with kerman was performing at the hollywood bowl and the o2 what were those experiences like
3: yeah so my first public appearance as carpet the frog was at the hollywood bowl Uh, So that's in front of 18,000 people. (laughs) Yeah. And so, I mean. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure. (laughs) Um, No pressure at all. But it was awesome. It was so cool. Um, Getting to do a live Muppet show is a dream come true. Just shy. Just the only other thing I'd love to do is just the Muppet show. I would love to do the Muppet show but doing a live Muppet show, that's pretty doggone close. And so, uh, it was a really great experience. It was so fun. And, um, everybody that we were all, we all had a great time. It was, um, you know, part of it is with any kind of live performance and some people, some of the Muppet performers, you know, don't like to do things live. It's, you know when you're doing stuff with a with a muppet you it's a, such a precise um endeavor and so to kind of just let yourself be free and open and just kind of like whatever happens in this one time is going to happen this one time only and then we'll do it again tomorrow night uh that's kind of hard for some muppet performers to to do i'm not going to name any names but but there might be a couple that that you know and we all are perfectionists. We all want our work to look great every time, every moment. Um, but in a live show, you just kind of have to go like it's gonna. It's gonna be first of all, it's gonna be alive. It's gonna be It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be so much fun. And, there, and if we can make this connection with the audience, it'll it'll just we'll all come out of it like feeling great. And that's what happened for all the nights of that uh, Hollywood Bowl show and the O2 show. It was just these experiences where. You know, it almost felt like anything could happen, even though they were very, very, they were very, very, very well plotted, well timed out, well worked out scripts, but something always didn't go as we expected it, which kind of made it a little bit more exciting. They were they were great. I will do it again in a heartbeat. It was so much fun.
2: Oh, yes. Uh, I really love the. On the rainbow connection, performances. Uh, oh yeah. Like yeah, all of them coming together, uh, yeah. like, yeah,
3: it's so fun, I mean, that's part, what...
2: it's just so special, just
1: beautiful, yeah, that's
2: yeah. yeah.
3: what the Muppets are all about, exactly,
1: exactly, exactly. Yep. exactly. So, is it fine at all if we can hear a little bit of uh, Kermit?
3: Ah, uh, sure, what's uh, what, what do you want to hear? You know, I could just say, uh, you know, I, uh, it's great to be here with you.
1: what's what's it like being around Miss Piggy?
3: I'd rather not say it when I know I'm being recorded. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. Right, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he knows, Kermit knows that, you know, at any minute there could be a, a, a pig. Yeah,
0: listening. Yeah. Just listening. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's learned.
3: Yeah. He's, he's learned. Definitely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you were just uh bringing up Muppets Mayhem earlier. Um, yeah, which is a phenomenal show, by the way. Uh, congr- uh congrats to you and everybody on the Emmy nominations. Um, thank you, thanks. We don't we don't know if they won uh, by the time this goes up, but as right. the time of recording they haven't happened yet. So uh, the and the album they haven't is they have yeah. Too.
3: Oh, thank you so much. Thanks. The is amazing. So much fun. Yes, a uh, number
0: one number one album Love that it. is. Love That's it. right. Um, so much it's so great amazing uh can you briefly share any stories Mm -hmm. from uh, working on Muppets Mayhem oh well I
3: mean like I said before it was just so fun to get to you know work with my my pals some of my best pals on some characters that we all love to work on uh we had a great time Bill did a fantastic job kind of leading the charge for this and helping uh um executive produce and, and write and, uh, you know, be Dr. Teeth. And so he was working so hard on this show and he did such a fantastic job. Um, some things I'll remember about it is, um, is that we had such We just had such a great time. I mean, it was, it was, I wish I could think of uh, like a specific example. I'm sorry that I can't. I'll, I'll, okay. Here's one. I do have one right now. This is kind of a fun thing. So we're outside shooting a shot. We're in, I wish I could tell you where we were, but I don't remember if Peter Linz were here. He'd be able to tell you exactly where we were, but we were out in California in the Hills somewhere um, in the deserty kind of Hills shooting a shooting, um, it's, uh, it's the, it's like in, I think it's in the last, uh, in the last episode where the gang, uh, is outside the bus and they're kind of, uh, talking to Nora and telling her, you know, uh, we're going to go do the Hollywood Bowl. So we're shooting, I think it was that, um, I think it was that shot or that in, somewhere in there. And. We're getting ready to go and we're seated again on the ground. We're seated on the ground because, you know, we can't raise up the bus. <laughs> we can't stand up and shoot. We are seated <laughs> on the ground. And somebody goes, okay, cut, stop. Everybody stop. Everybody careful. Stand up. Be careful. There was a rattlesnake that was winding its way. <laughs> oh. Now, yeah, it was a good distance away. It was not going to, it was a, no danger, but, you know, it was, and it was a small rattlesnake, not that that should make any difference, but it was a, like a juvenile, uh, a juvenile um, rattlesnake. And up to this point, we have had a snake wrangler anytime we are out in the world. I've never, I'd never seen them uh, called to action, but the snake wrangler came over, picked up the little snake, the little rattlesnake, and put it in a, a, a bucket and took it off and rehomed it somewhere far away from the set. And uh so that was kind of a fun day for everybody. Um <laughs> we shot it in the summer in the spring and summer and it was super hot in LA for some days, you know, to have uh, be yeah. inside the the Electric Mayhem bus and it uh you know there's no air conditioning in there not when you're shooting anyway because you'll hear those big sound from the from the air conditioners so uh it would be so hot inside that metal bus we were just and with puppets on you know you got puppets on and you sometimes you just say like i i can't even take the puppet off because i'll never be able to get it back on because it'll just be soaked in sweat but it was so much fun we had such a great time yes. oh, yeah, a great series. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah yeah
1: so since we're about to wrap up uh the last question that matt's about to ask is a question we ask oliver guests at the end go ahead
0: mm-hmm. Thank you, Chris. Of course, this podcast is called Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show. When you think of nostalgia, what do you think of, or in your own words, how do you define the word nostalgia?
3: Nostalgia, for me, is a thing that that it can be it, it's it's a that's a really good question. And I had it right here on the tip of my tongue. But but it's hard for me to put to words. It's a really difficult thing to describe because it is kind of like, to me, it's almost like an emotion. It's like a feeling of something. The Muppets have always been uh, nostalgic. I have always had nostalgia for the Muppets. But at the same time, th- for me, they feel like it's, very, it's a very active and present and now thing, probably because I work for them. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of things that, that, um, that I feel nostalgic about. It could be feeling nostalgic, um, about my, um, about my kids. You know, I've got five kids. They range in age from 22 down to 11 and I've seen them all now pretty much all go through the same process as they grow up and comparing their childhood to my Childhood is kind of nostalgic. Um, Nostalgic is like a just a, it kind of brings me back, I feel like, to a time where um, everything's right with the world. Everything's happy. Everything's good. Everything's warm. Um, And that's what I think maybe my rambling answer really is. It has to do with that a time in your life my life whosoever's life that that brings you back to a time of of happiness and peace and
1: warmth absolutely, agree with absolutely agree on. All, all right well matt thank you so much for taking them to do this interview this was a blast yes. oh my pleasure yes. thank you i hope i didn't yes. talk too yes. much and, and...
0: Nah, no worries and... no, 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 at all and um for, for what you're good. doing Everybody's... you
2: have bit and for what you're doing, you know, for Big Bird account and Calendar and everything else and what you're doing, you know, what you're doing these characters, are doing such an incredible job for what yeah, you're thank doing you so much. The legacy. Thank you so much. Thank generations. you. generations. Yes, yes, of course, you know. That means a lot, thank what's, you. Yes, and can I wait for you know what's next like, story for you? I'm glad to know what you've done, be a part of our lives, your legacy, is part of our legacy. For what you're doing, and um, and can oh, and can I wait? You. What and keep up your great work, and can I wait? What what's like in store for you? So thank you very much for sharing with us. Thank you so much. Thank,
3: thank you, Jake. I appreciate that.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah, so thank keep in so touch, much. Matt. I'll Absolutely. let you know when this yes. goes up, and uh, have a happy, happy holiday. Yes. Thank you very yes, much. You guys too. Yes, you thank you. All right. Have a good yeah. afternoon. Thank you. Bye, bye, Matt. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye, bye. Yes, it's goodbye from us as well. We absolutely yes. enjoy our time yes. with Matt Vogel.
2: Uh, so his yes. social media and everything else if you guys want to follow him, he'll be in the description down below. And um, if, you yeah, want, if you guys yes. want to check out his podcast, Below the Frame is going to be in the description yes. down below so people can check it out as Please well. Please do. Please do. It's an below the Frame podcast. is such a wonderful podcast. Really yes. is. Really but again,
1: is. absolutely enjoyed our time with Matt Vogel. Keep on the lookout for more wonderful interviews coming your way. And as always, what do we say, Jake?
2: keep nostalgia alive take care everyone
1: see you next time see ya
2: bye bye
1: bye thank you for tuning in to another wonderful jake's happy nostalgia show interview be sure to follow jake and the crew on social media and stream the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts and as always remember to keep nostalgia alive bye bye